What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Engage 8 Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, with my two co-hosts, Josh and Mike. This is episode 25, the quarter century mark. In this episode, we're going to be recapping last night's Monday Night Football between the Broncos and Bills. Uh, we're going to talk about week 11, preview that a little bit, and then go into some college football. You want to get us started with some Monday Night, Josh? I can. The Denver Broncos continue their getting hot streak and beating supposedly good teams uh, with a win over the Buffalo Bills. And the Buffalo Bills are in trouble, man. Josh Allen throws another two picks, looks reckless as we've seen him look when they lose these games. And I think this is just a combination of the Broncos getting hot and playing well and the Bills just falling off of a cliff. They obviously fire Ken Dorsey uh, this morning after that game. And it's uh, it's concerning for the Bills. He kind of seems like a scapegoat to me. I don't know if that was really the, their issue or has been their issue uh, so far this season. I really like Josh Allen. I've always really liked Josh Allen, but it seems like he has been the problem this year. And I believe that they could figure it out and they could turn it around. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think, I mean, they're not going to win their division, it seems. They maybe have a shot to go get in on the seventh seed when the AFC North starts beating up on each other. But overall, the Broncos are getting back to where they need to be in Sean Payton's first year, and the Bills are in deep, deep trouble. Yeah, and the name of the game this year has been inconsistent quarterback play across the entire league. It seems like every single one of the quarterbacks quarterbacks that we've touted as like top five or even top ten has had a few stinkers throughout the season. Josh Allen being one of them uh, with that first game against the Jets on Monday Night Football. And then this one. Uh, this was yet another game that ended in a walk-off field goal in a weekend full of many of those. Uh, it felt like the, the Bills couldn't really get the run game going early on. James Cook had that really long carry where he even fumbled in the middle of it uh, to put them into opponent's territory where Josh Allen ended up getting that rushing touchdown. But outside of that, they didn't have too much of a run game. Latavius Murray made it, might have had a couple longer runs, but outside of that, nothing too special. Russell Wilson was good enough to win the game. Uh, might have gotten bailed out by a pass interference call at the end, but we won't. We don't really know. Javante Williams was nice throughout the game, had that nice touchdown catch in the end. Uh, Cortland Sutton had that phenomenal touchdown uh, in the second quarter, I think it was, that honestly, you could have called it both ways. I'm glad they called it a touchdown. It was a really nice catch. Crazy throw by Russ as well. But Broncos, they, they're staying hot, like you mentioned, Josh, and the Bills, they're just going in the wrong direction. Yeah, the Bills are going in the wrong direction. It's really disappointing. They've lost four of their last six. They're sitting at 10th in the AFC. And Josh touched on it last week, how he said if there was a way three teams in the AFC North would make it, it would be if the Bills imploded. And they have. Uh, they showed it about 100 times on the broadcast that they have the second hardest remaining schedule. So it's not getting any easier. It's just disappointing. Um, Josh Allen hasn't been great. Joe Brady now comes in at OC. He wasn't great in his chance with the Panthers as offensive coordinator. So it'll be interesting to see if he can fix that. He was with Teddy Bridgewater then. Now he gets a chance to be Josh Allen's OC. So hopefully that can change. But for the Broncos, just another nice win. They've now beaten the Chiefs and the Bills in back-to-back games, which is very impressive. Their defense has gotten better. And Russell Wilson, we've kind of said all year, he's been playing better than last year. Uh, 24 for 29, 193 yards, two touchdowns, was just efficient. No no real turnovers, and Javante Williams had a solid game with 79 yards on the ground. So good win for the Broncos, and for the Bills, you're just you're in trouble now. All right. Yeah, I mean, that that 12 men on the field at the end of the game is just brutal, brutal for the Bills. Did we – is that DeMar Hamlin? Did we get a confirmation on that? <laughs> I, I don't I'm know. A, I'm 95% sure that it is. And That's an I... <laughs> insane story. And, like, all jokes aside – do you think if it is DeMar Hamlin, that has an effect on comeback player of the year? Oh, that's I'm a good question. If you do nothing all season and your one moment is literally losing the game. <laughs> well, I, I told you, oh, no, he wasn't the 12th man. It oh, was okay. not him. Okay. Well, there was 12 regardless. Any one of the 12 could have been the 12th. But regardless, I tweeted about this earlier this year. I feel that DeMar Hamlin doesn't deserve it. I mean, if he came back and he was like starting every single game and like, was making an impact on winning football, but the Bills are five and five right now, and he hasn't made enough positive plays. Like, yeah, he made a tackle on the last drive to keep the Broncos in bounds, but then twelve men on the field to lose the game. That I feel like that kind of outweighs that a little bit. But give it to someone who's actually played and earned it. All due respect to Mar Hamlin, what you did was great coming back from death and all, but 
on the field, I mean, what are we doing here? At least Alex Smith was throwing touchdowns. You, I have you... been hearing that maybe Josh Dobbs gets a chance at it. I don't know how he'd be the be comeback. So down for that. And what if Aaron Rodgers comes back in the middle of the season? Is that possible? If he <laughs> does that, he wins If he comes back from a ruptured Achilles <laughs> and wins a playoff game, easily. Easily give it to Rodgers. It's it's a touchy subject because there's like this is an unprecedented season right. or like thing to happen, and it's like you kind of have to give it to him. But I think it's really just going to come down to him. We'll we'll move on. Start talking about the next week here soon. But I think it really just comes down to is there a extremely worthy second and third candidate? If there is, I think you have to give it to him. If it's murky and it's like, oh, maybe some guys should get it, maybe they shouldn't, then it's like, okay, we could throw it to Demar Hamlet and let him have it. But, like, if there's – like, if you said, like, if Rodgers comes back and wins a playoff game, it has to be Rodgers. It has to be. Honestly, you know what they should do? They should make an award, the Demar Hamlin Award, and then make it f- for someone who came back from injury and then make the comeback player of the year – the award that is like uh, someone who just improved their level of play from like shit to really good, like Josh Dobbs. Yeah. Yeah. I think they need a most improved player. They need an award for that. Yeah. That is one thing the NBA with their awards do. They do that right. right. Yeah. That's, they do a lot of other stuff wrong in that category, but I will give them that. But with that being said, if we have nothing else about this game, we can move on here to the week 11 preview. Awesome. Okay. Moving on to week 11, the buys this week, the Atlanta Falcons, the Indianapolis Colts, the New England Patriots, and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, A couple teams on here, like the Falcons probably desperately needed this buy. You can look at it both ways. You could say, uh, do we really want to go in a buy right after we're like starting to slip a little bit? And we, then we can't really get it right. But at the same time, then you can come out of the buy stronger if, if you're well coached, but that's still to be determined, it seems. Colts, uh, I get, they can use the body to get healthy. The Pats aren't even competing. It doesn't matter. And the Saints, um, indifferent, I guess. <laughs> Another team where it's yeah. like, are, are they that much of an advantage coming off of a bot? But moving on to the first game of the week, Thursday Night Football. Bengals at Ravens. This is maybe the best Thursday Night Football game of the year we're going to get. AFC North matchup, one of two of AFC North matchups this week um the Bengals didn't play horrible last week the Texans are just really really hot one of the hottest teams in the league right now they're playing well they're beating good teams on the road and I don't want to say that the Bengals played horrible in that game because I think the Texans are a solid team Ravens they lose to the Browns last week they've lost uh that's one loss for them one loss for the Bengals this past week either team losing two in a row is pretty tough Ravens if they drop two in a row they're losing their chances at that top seed or one of the top seeds the Bengals dropping two in a row worsens their chances of making the playoffs and even competing in their division this year I think if you're a Buffalo Bills fan you have to be rooting for Baltimore in this game teams like the Bengals if they get hot and start winning a ton of games that's what's going to screw the Buffalo Bills uh, I think the Bengals can win this game if they establish their run early and open it up for Joe against this defense that has been really, really good at times. But also, we saw last week they played soft and uh, they let the they let the Browns come back into that game. So we'll see how it goes. I'm going to go with the Ravens at home in prime time here, though. This is definitely a game where the Ravens have the inside track. They're coming off a loss, and the Ravens they they're just a better roster up and down. But I will say I do like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase whenever they face Baltimore. More often than not, they usually are very dominant. I think it was last year or a couple years ago where Joe Burrow in both matchups against Baltimore, he threw for over like 900 yards and close to nine touchdowns, I think. It was eight or nine touchdowns. And Jamar Chase was close to 300 yards as well in those two matchups. So personally, I'm just going to take a gamble on Joe Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. I'm going Cincinnati. Maybe I'm getting a little little, – What's the word I'm looking for? A little too extra with these picks now that I've got this big lead on you guys, but I'm going Cincy with this one. Well, you're not the only one going Cincy. Um, In the Ravens' three losses, they've blown a lead in every single one of them, and in two of those games, they've blown double-digit leads. And the Bengals, they seem to struggle early in games and find their way back late in games, especially in the fourth quarter. Since 2021, Lamar has 13 touchdowns and 13 turnovers in the fourth quarter, while Burrow has 25 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. So I just trust this Bengals team more late in the game. And I, You know, you keep seeing the Ravens just blow games they should win. Uh, 
We saw this game earlier this year already. Ravens won it, but the Bengals, Joe Burrow was playing on one leg still really with the calf injury, wasn't mobile. Um, I got the Bengals winning this one. They've lost 13 straight road primetime games, but I think they find a way to maybe the Ravens go ahead early, but they come back late and win that one. on Maybe another game winning field goal. All right, moving on here to a game that we have been waiting for. Bears at Lions. We finally get to match up since we made the pod. And I'm maybe more excited for this game than I have been for a game all year outside of that uh, Chiefs game on Thursday night to open the season. But I want to start it off by saying the Lions ticket prices right now. I don't know if you guys have been seeing, but they're just absolutely ridiculous. They've been ridiculous all season. They're playing the Bears, one of the worst teams in the league, albeit an NFC North matchup, but this is the over the Ravens Bengals over the Brown Steelers. This is the second most expensive game of the week, just under the Super Bowl rematch on Monday night. So the lions are just out there selling extremely, extremely expensive tickets. But I guess that's what happens when you produce a winner for the first time in 30 years, but moving on to the actual game here, the lions currently have the number one QB in PFF. I mean, say what you want about PFF, but Jared Goff is currently number one. They have the number two tackle with Panay Sewell. And this is just a team with a lot of star players playing really, really well. I'll give the Bears a little bit of credit. Their run defense is number four right now in the NFL in yards given up. Uh, And that's with not having a bye week yet. So that is pretty impressive. It's the best the Lions have played yet outside of that Tampa Bay game that they had on week five, I believe. They still dominated that game. They were able to pass the ball when they couldn't run it. I expect a very similar game script here against the Bears. Uh, the Ford Field's going to be rocking. This is going to be a very, very loud game. The Lions' offense is just so explosive, and I just have a hard time believing that this Bears' defense is going to be able to stop them. I mean, I don't – I mean, the Chargers' defense has not played great, but we know the Chargers' defense has pieces. They have pass rushers. They can get to the quarterback. They weren't able to do that against the Lions, and we saw the Lions just dominate them on the offensive end. The Lions do, on the other hand – need to get sacks this week. They had no sacks last week. They're playing a Bears O-line that is shaky. They need to be able to get home. They need to be able to finish plays. If it's Badgett, they're going to finish plays and get a ton of sacks. If it's Fields, he's going to be able to move around and they won't get as many. But if they can put him under pressure, they're going to be in a good spot. If Fields does play in this game, I think the Lions win by two touchdowns. And if, if ugh, excuse me, if it's Badgett, I think they absolutely blow the Bears' uh, doors off, and I don't think this is a close game at all. But the Lions need to just go out here and dominate these NFC North games. That's all they got to do left. They got a lot of pretty mid-teams they're playing outside of the NFC North, and then they have that Cowboys game Week 17 as well. But go out there and go 6-0 and or 5-1 and in the NFC North, and you're going to be in a good spot. I think they do that, and they dominate the Bears this week. Well, for your sake, well, for the Lions' sake and for your sake – they better not lose. They're better in almost every single position group. They've got, they're definitely a lot healthier than the bears are. The bears don't even know who's starting at quarterback this week, whether it's an Eberflus thing where he doesn't want to give the opponent a game advantage in terms of game planning. I said, I was expecting fields last week ended up not happening. If fields does play this week, the Lions they do struggle with mobile quarterbacks sometimes because they have trouble finishing those, uh, those pocket pressures. We've seen it against Lamar before and he dominated them. I'm not saying Fields is Lamar, but he is a mobile quarterback. And in the past, Fields has definitely ran all over the lines. He's also put up some decent numbers in the air as well, outside of that one home or away loss. I think it was 41 to 10 in the second to last game of the season. Uh Correct. For, the, for the Bears. But outside of that game, Fields has played the Lions pretty well. Uh in the earlier game of last season, they only lost 30 to 31. And it was because of Cairo Santos mixed extra missed extra point. And Fields ran all over them there. So if Getsy decides to get Fields out of the pocket, maybe using him on read options and letting him uncork it, uncork it to DJ Moore down the field, I think they might have a chance. But unfortunately, I don't trust Getsy at all. I'm taking Detroit. I just think that they're a better Come team. On. Come <laughs> on. Don't be I, a coward. I got, cute. I got cute with my Thursday night pick. I picked the Bears on. Oh, oh that's, a, that's oh. an interesting pick. The Lions yeah. could be 0-10 and, and the Bears could be 10-0. and 0. I would have picked the Lions. Wow, that's I mean, just me though. That's just me though. I'm just sticking with my uh with my picks. I, I trust my my eyes. Yeah, the only glimmer of hope I see for the line or the Bears in this game is that since Week Five, their run defense surprisingly has been very very good. 
They're since a week five, they are first in rushing yards per game, only giving up 49.7. And they're first in rushing touchdowns allowed with zero. So the Lions like to run the ball, and this Bears run defense has been surprisingly very good. Um, hopefully Justin Fields is back for their offense so they can have that mobile presence and just some sort of threat on the offensive side of the ball. But I really don't think the Lions will have much of a problem. They've been playing great recently. And I know the Bears run defense has been good, but uh, David Montgomery revenge game would is probably in his brain. So I think the Lions are one of the hottest teams in the NFL. They have the second best record right now. Um, this game might be in Chicago, but I don't think – or in, it's in Detroit, so I don't think that'll really – matter Jared Goff you touched on how good his PFF grade is he's been great all year he's an MVP candidate so I think the Lions win again I do I do want to just bring up a couple things really quickly before we move on here one Jared Goff's gonna get an extension here soon have you guys been seeing the figures it's looking like it's looking like he's gonna get like five years I don't remember exactly what it was I don't want to butcher it but I saw people saying like in the I don't even want to butcher it but it was a lot of money for five years and I think that's a bold move uh, for the Lions overall because, I mean, Jared Goff has been fantastic, but this system has been very fantastic. And it's like, do we... The system's gone next year. This, maybe. the no, he's and, gone. <laughs> and I've been thinking about it. I know it's so dumb to think like that coaches going to make more money and take positions that they're going to be loyal to their past franchises. But something is telling me that Ben Johnson won't want to go to the Bears. Well, I don't know if he's going to the Bears, but I, he's definitely going to get many head coaching offers from a lot of a lot of places. It also depends on like who who's uh, who's going to be up because you think about it. I don't see. I actually don't think the Panthers are going to fire Frank Reich. I think that's just kind of a we've seen that be a bizarre decision to have a quarterback and a first year coach and then immediately uh, fire the coach and give your rookie quarterback you just picked number one overall a different coach. That rarely works out. You think of the Cardinals. Maybe the no, the Cardinals aren't getting rid of Gannon. Now, who's firing their coach? The Bears I mean, one. Bears probably Patriots job, possibly. Patriots Commanders. maybe. Commanders probably. Commanders, yeah, but that's Bianami. Bianami's yeah, getting Bianami's probably gonna. I'm surprised uh, they haven't fired uh Rivera yet just to give Bianami the chance just to go the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I was thinking the Falcons, but I don't there was a report today that said they're not firing Arthur Smith. So the Val- I could see the Falcons being one as well, though. But that, that leaves Bears Falcons. They might. I just don't – I feel like this might be, like, a sneaky year where we don't get as many, like – I, I feel like we've been having, like, five, six openings. I don't see that happening this year. I kind of see – I kind of feel the opposite. I think there's a lot of teams that could fire – like, the Giants, do they fire Dable? I think they fire Dable. Saints with Dennis Allen? Maybe then. I mean, Raiders already fired their guy. I doubt they keep I, I think the Char- – I personally coach. think the Chargers have to move on from Staley. I, I guess maybe well. the Bucks. I don't know. There's yeah. a few. Those I, those NFC South – teams are just we don't have any idea what's going yeah, on there. But. that's the big one yeah but we're going on we're going off topic here so let me get us back <laughs> let me reel us <laughs> yeah, back cowboys here. maybe maybe mccarthy no. yeah maybe <laughs> for, yeah. for the record if this game was in chicago i'd be picking the bears uh cop out I, got, i'll pick the bears next time i don't we care got if we three more weeks to make that decision <laughs> but, but yeah i, I mean bears next time this couldn't be a better a couple of days here for me getting to watch the Lions play the Bears on Sunday and then come around Thanksgiving Thursday for the playing the Packers. That's just going to be a fun couple of games in, in Ford Field. But moving on here to another fun game, AFC North matchup number two, Steelers at Browns. This is a huge game for both teams here. The Browns, we did see them lose to the Steelers early in the season. That was the game that Nick Chubb got hurt in Pittsburgh in primetime. I don't think the Browns are going to lose again here. The Browns just cannot get swept by the Steelers. That would just be really bad for the inevitable tiebreakers we're going to have in this division. And just overall, you don't want to go 0-2 against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who just get outgained every single game. The Browns' offense figured it out in that second half against the Ravens. Like we said, they really have to carry that over. They're playing another good defense, a better defense than the Steelers. And they just have to they have to be able to continue on at least some of that success they had in the second half. Uh, the Steelers' run defense is actually bottom 10 in the NFL right now, contrary to how great their defense has been as a whole. I think the Browns can really exploit that. They run the ball well, usually, depending on whoever's in the game for them. And when they run it well, they tend to translate to wins. The Browns being at home, I think, is going to play a big factor. I think their pass rushers being able to get to Kenny Pickett's going to be a big factor. And I like Cleveland winning this game here in the AFC North. 
Uh, I've got Cleveland as well. Uh, I really – both these defenses are really good. They've got some star pass rushers on both sides. Um, it's all going to depend on Deshaun Watson, honestly. If we get the Deshaun Watson we saw in the second half last week, I fully expect Cleveland to score many, many more points than the Matt Canada-led Pittsburgh offense. But if we see first half from last week, Deshaun Watson, who knows? This could be just a 17-13 ball game. It certainly could turn out to be a, another good game where the Steelers start to run the ball early and they just somehow just continue to get first downs, take the pressure off of Kenny Pickett, and Pickens and Deontay just go and make plays every so often. But I don't really trust the Matt Canada-led offense. I'm going to trust Deshaun Watson here, which is a crazy thing to say in this world, and I'm going with Cleveland. Yes, I'm going with Cleveland as well. Um, the Steelers are 2-0 with Matt Canada on the sidelines now, which is something to watch. Uh, they've been running the ball a lot more recently, 55% of the time, as opposed to 39.5% like they did in the first eight weeks of the season. They have to continue to run the ball if they want this offense to be successful. And the problem with that um, stat is that they're going against one of the best-run defenses in the NFL, uh, the Cleveland Browns, and that's really going to hurt their offense even more. Uh, they will probably be outgained again this week, maybe outscored again this week. Uh, Deshaun looked great last week, um, especially in the second half. He has to continue that. He's going against another Steelers defense. That's great. This is going to be a defensive battle most likely. Uh, and with the battle of these two great defenses, I like the Browns offense and defense slightly more. So I'm going to go with the Browns to win this one. All right, moving on here to Chargers at Packers. I think this should be an interesting game to see how Jordan Love plays against a defense that has been allowing a lot of pass yards this season. We saw last week the Lions just dominated them through the air, and it'll be interesting to see if Jordan Love can play well in this situation currently. The Chargers, I think, are just going to have more success overall in the pass rush this week. We saw last week they had no sacks against the Lions. The Lions have one of the best, if not the best, uh, O-line in the league. So I expect them against a Packers team that has a beat-up O-line and has been shuffling all season long. I expect them to get home early and get to Jordan Love, even if their secondary isn't playing well. I see if the Packers win this game, I think they could go on a run. That would be their fourth win, and that's, okay, let's try to get comfortable, rattle off some wins. I just don't see it happening, though. Even though I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate picking the Chargers, their offense is solid and can sometimes be really, really good. And I just – I like the pass rush of the Chargers getting to Jordan Love early and shutting him down. So I'm going to go with L.A. here. I am also going L.A. Uh, like you mentioned, Josh, I like their Mack and Bosa duo getting in Jordan Love's face early and often. Uh, if the Packers can get Aaron Jones involved very early and get him the ball either on nice uh, screen passes or just underneath and help move those chains, get the easy yards, uh, I think they have a chance to just keep those two at bay. But – I trust Justin Herbert a lot more. He's definitely going to just pass all over the Green Bay defense. He can get the ball out quick before Rashawn Gary and the rest of the pass rush can get to him. Uh, I'm going LA. Yeah, the Chargers offense has been looking great recently. They need that to continue. Quentin Johnson got his first touchdown last week. They need him to step up and really start getting into that second receiver role. And we talk about it every week. Keenan Allen has just been very impressive this year. Um, it'll be fun to see him match up with Jair Alexander, possibly one of the best DBs in the NFL. Uh, luckily for Green Bay, they're really hoping this game is that this game is at Lambeau. Uh, I checked the forecast with a high of 41. When it's an LA team going into Green Bay, that's always they're always going to have the advantage. Um, Packers, they really just want to see Jordan Love continue to develop. And like you said, Josh, he gets a chance against a pass defense that has been struggling this season. So they really want to exploit that. And if they want to win, they have to keep getting the ball to Aaron Jones and try to get him going. He struggled really since week one. But I think the Chargers win this game. They need to beat these low-caliber teams if they want a chance at the playoffs, and they know that. Um, if they don't win this week, I say it every week, but they should just start really getting rid of – thinking about getting rid of Staley. All right, moving on here, Raiders at Dolphins. The Raiders have been playing really, really well, but this Dolphins offense off of a bye is just pretty scary to me. Ramsey should be getting adjusted. He's had a couple weeks in, of games now, and he got the bye week this week. I think he's been – I think it's now four weeks or three weeks since he first played his first game. So uh, he's going to get acclimated to this defense. The last we saw of this Dolphins defense, they shut out the Chiefs in the second half in Germany. They almost came back in a game that they were down 21 nothing in the first half. and. Overall, I think this Dolphins team might be getting overlooked a bit just because they haven't beaten a great team. 
Um, at the end of the day, you play who you play. They played the Chiefs tight towards the end of that game. What are their other two losses? I'm trying to think of Bills, maybe a questionable loss there looking back, but and who's their third loss? I can't remember off the top. It's another good team. Eagles. Ravens. Eagles. Eagles. On Monday Eagles. Football or Eagles Sunday Night Football, whatever that game was. But yeah, so they've lost to some good teams. They don't play a good team this week. I love the Dolphins. I think 12 points is kind of a lot in this game, though, considering the Raiders have been playing well and playing teams close. So I don't like the fact that the Dolphins are favored by 12, but somebody might know something over there. I'm going with the Dolphins. Uh, I'm going Miami as well. They're just a better team, top to bottom. Uh, Ramsey and Devontae Adams are going to be matching up yet again for I don't even know how many times they've matched up, but they've met in the playoffs a few times on the Packers and Rams and they're going to be meeting in the regular season again as members of the Raiders and Dolphins. Uh, I think Mike McDaniel is going to do a really good job of getting the ball out quick to mitigate the effect that Max Crosby has on this game. Tyreek Hill is probably going to be running a lot of short shit, uh, just killing the Raiders from underneath and just taking it 50, 60 yards to the house a couple times. Uh, Miami, yeah, that's it. I got Miami. They're the better team. Yeah, Tyreek Hill is the big story in this game for me. He's always pretty much dominated the Raiders every time he played them back in his days on the Chiefs. Uh, he gives this Raiders team's nightmare still, and that's going to be the big mismatch. The Dolphins did open Devon Achan's 21-day practice window, so hopefully he can be back soon. I don't expect it this week, but hopefully next week. And this team's really getting healthy. Um, I like the Dolphins as well coming off of the bye. They got a chance to rest their bodies, get healthy, and just play good football. Uh Dolphins have done a good job this year beating the teams they should beat. They are six and three with those wins coming against teams with a 15 and 34 record. So I think they're just going to do enough to win this game. I do not like that spread. I think the Raiders will cover that because, you know, Antonio Pierce's team just has a new sense of um, just they're nice. They have a different vibe. Yeah. Different life. Uh, AOC. I think he still needs to be better. Uh, he needs this offense to, really get going they need to keep getting the ball to josh jacobs but i like the dolphins winning this one all right moving on here then giants at commanders this is always a random game these teams playing weird ugly low scoring games i like the commanders at home here this is another spread that i don't really understand this week it's 10 points uh in a game between i know the giants are really really bad and vegas i just feel like really just despises the Giants right now. They've been just getting some disrespectful lines, and it's just a matter of time before they compete in this game. So 10 points when you beat this, when they beat this Commanders team like a couple weeks ago, it's kind of crazy to me, but they did just lose by a million to the Cowboys. But the Giants are very, very bad, as we know. I think that a win for the Commanders here keeps them in the race, keeps them in the playoff race to try to get that seven seed, which is going to be up for grabs. And honestly, any of those uh, – I don't want to say any of those wildcard teams because the Seahawks will probably make it. The Cowboys will probably make it. So that seven seed is really what's going to be up for grabs. And if they could win, they continue themselves being in the hunt. I think they are the highest team in the hunt right now, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll see about that. But I think Howell will have a good game. I think the Commanders win this one at home. Yeah, I got the Commanders as well. Uh, the only reason I would think the Giants somehow win this game is if Saquon just – puts the entire Giants organization on his back, goes over like 200 yards, two touchdowns total on the day. I don't see that happening. I don't trust the fact that it's a rookie quarterback in his second start going against a, a solid team and having to keep up with an offense that is one of the top passing offenses in, in the NFL as well. Uh, I think Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson will get it going this week. After last week, it was a lot of a Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson out of the backfield getting a lot of catches. So I got Washington, and I don't really think it's going to be particularly close. I agree with that. Sam Howell's been great this year. He leads the NFL in passing yards, and he gets to go against a defense that gave up 640 total yards last week. Eric Bieniemy's done a great job with this offense. They've been playing great. Brian Robinson, he really emerged in the passing game last week. Uh, and the Giants, they're really just a bad football team right now. Uh, they have no passing game. Uh, they're pretty one-dimensional with Saquon Barkley. And they give up a lot of sacks. I don't know which team will give up more sacks in this game. It's going to be a battle of bad offensive lines, and it's just going to be tough. I got the Commanders winning this one pretty easily. I haven't seen anything really from Tommy DeVito to prove that they can really score the ball at all. And the Commanders have been able to do that, so I got the Commanders. All right, moving on. 
Next game here, Cowboys at Panthers. Uh, Vegas has a lot more respect uh, for Carolina than they do for the Giants. I believe the spread is like, I don't have it off the top of my head, but it's lower. I think than I saw I, 10 and a half. Yeah, 10 and a half. I mean, coming off 17 and a half and they easily covered against another really bad team. It just tells me that Vegas has a lot of respect for the Panthers for whatever reason. I think it's going to be a really tough game for Bryce Young. I mean, he's going to get beat up all game. When he's under pressure, he's struggled. He's playing a really, really good defense. This Cowboys defense has really just bounced back. Losing Diggs early was tough after that great start. They bounced back from it. Bland's been playing great. They've just been playing great as a unit. I like the Cowboys to maybe make a run at winning the East. I think it's possible. Like my concerns with them early were their offense, and their offense has played really, really well the past few weeks. So I like the Cowboys to win this game, obviously, and I think they have a genuine shot to win this uh, division. Yeah, Dallas has definitely played a lot better as a whole offensively and defensively, regardless of the teams they've played against ever since that San Francisco game where they got just embarrassed. So I'm glad to see that Dak has figured it out. He's looking like an MVP type of player. CeeDee Lamb's been looking like an MVP. I mentioned it last episode. And their defense has, of course, just been lights out a majority of the year as well. Uh, the only concern I would have uh, coming into this game if I'm Dallas is just overlooking Carolina. I mean, it's a road game, so it's never easy to travel regardless of who you're playing against. And Carolina is definitely a team you can overlook. They've got the worst record in the league, and they've got a rookie quarterback. This is definitely a game that Bryce Young has to try and get the ball out as fast as possible. How easy that will be against a really talented secondary and a front four that Dallas has, even without Leighton Van Der Esch, who was just ruled out for the rest of the year with a neck injury, which is really unfortunate to see. But I got Dallas in this one. I don't think it's going to be close. Uh, I, I hope CeeDee Lamb just continues his absolute tear that he's been on the last four games. And I think Dak also just – he keeps the ball safe this week and he's going to just dominate Carolina. Yeah, Dak Prescott has been playing very good football recently. And it's honestly, it's kind of surprising how quickly the narrative around him has changed. Um, just a couple weeks ago, there's a lot of people saying he's not an NFL quarterback at this point. He shouldn't be a starter. They should move on. And now I've seen people starting to put him in the MVP conversation. So he's been one of the main reasons recently that they've been improving like they have. And he's been getting the ball to his weapons, C.D. Lamb. And he's really been getting the ball to Jake Ferguson, which is very important. You always want a good tight end. Ferguson has a touchdown in each of the last three games. I think he had 10 catches last week. Um, and like you said, Zach, sadly, Leighton Van Der Esch for their defense is out for the season. And I'm actually, I saw that it could possibly be a career-ending injury, which is not what you want to hear. Uh, neck injury from the play by Trent Williams that could be deceived as possibly a dirty play. But for the Panthers, um, I would like to spread for the Cowboys again. To be honest, uh, Bryce Young's going to be under pressure all game from Micah Parsons and this elite Cowboys D-line, and they're going to pretty much have these weak weapons under straps. They don't really have much to throw at this Cowboys defense, and I just really feel bad for Bryce Young in this position. So I got the Cowboys. I think they dominate all 60 minutes and win this game pretty easily. All right, moving on here then to Titans at Jags. Uh, this could be a rainy game, uh, which is definitely advantage Titans, I would say, uh, being able to run the ball with Derrick Henry if they can get up early, or maybe they don't even have to get up early if it's really, really coming down and they can just run the ball with Derrick Henry. I think that would be huge for them to win this game. The Jags badly need a bounce back game after getting blown out at home by the Niners last week. Um, I think you got to go out and win all these division games. They can feel the Texans breathing down their neck just a couple games back from them. So you have to know that they know that the, these games are must win. There's a lot of teams this week who are in situations where it's just so close in their division that they can't afford to be losing these silly games. This is one of those games for the Jags. They can't lose it. I don't think they do. This is definitely an interesting game. Derrick Henry is notorious for just absolutely torching the Jags, especially on the ground. He's got two career games over 200 yards against them, and I believe one, two, three. He's got six games over 100 yards and 16 total matchups. He's gone for over 1,300 yards and 16 touchdowns in his career against Jacksonville. If Jacksonville wants to win, they're going to have to keep Derrick Henry in check. Uh, a lot of teams have been able to do that this year. They go up early on Tennessee, change their game script, take Derrick Henry out of the game, force Tajay Spears to be in there a lot more as an inexperienced rookie running back who is undersized, although he's very talented. They got to put some pressure on the rookie quarterback, Will Levis, making his third career. Is it his third? No, fourth career start. And they've got to... They've got to let Trevor Lawrence just 
try and find some rhythm after a really poor week last week against one of the top teams in the league in San Francisco. I think Jacksonville wins. I think they're a better team. But if Tennessee wants to win this game, they got to get Derrick Henry going early and often. Yeah, uh, the Jaguars, they really need a statement win this year. They haven't been able to really blow out a team and just show how good they are, especially Trevor Lawrence. He really hasn't lived up to the expectations I've had of him this year so far. Uh, he only has two games this year where he has at least two touchdowns, and in those games he only had two touchdowns. So I just I've expected more from him this year. Um, he needs a bounce back week, especially after uh, the loss last week to the 49ers, where they just got absolutely embarrassed. And they need this win to stay a, a game ahead of the Texans. Um, the Titans they just need to see Will Levis develop. They need to get the ball to Derrick Henry early and just try to get the lead early. They're going up against a pass defense that has given up the fifth most yards in the NFL, so they would like to see Will Levis show a couple flashes in this game, and they just need to get that positive game script, but I got the Jaguars. I think they have more talent, and they just need Trevor Lawrence to step up and really dominate a game. Staying in this division, the Texans are at home against the Cardinals this week. I For some reason, I feel like the Texans and Cardinals have played like 55 times this year. I don't know why whenever I see that matchup, I'm like, oh, they played for sure. But I guess for some reason they haven't. Um, Cardinals and Texans, I feel uh, the Texans are just a better, like more disciplined team than Atlanta, who Arizona beat last week in that comeback win. I think the Texans and the Falcons were my two sleeper teams going into this season. Early, it kind of looked like the Falcons were going to be the pick that was hot. It has completely switched up. I think the Texans are just, like I said, I think they're more disciplined. They're just a better team. And I don't think the Cardinals are going to be able to go get a road win against them. The Texans need to blow out a bad team. We've seen them. They played against a bad team in Carolina, in Carolina, and they lost that game. This is a game I think you need to absolutely go in there, beat the brakes off this Cardinals team. I love the Texans this week. And I'm honestly rooting for the Texans to pass the Jags and win this division. I think that would be a great story. That would be a huge story for sure. I also have Houston in this game. Uh, if this game were in Arizona, I might think differently, but I don't think Kyler Murray will be able to do enough, even though he's still trying to get his feet under him after that injury last year and his first start last week. It was it was a cute thing for me to pick Arizona last week because, oh, oh, Kyler's back. It'll be a nice little, little uh, jolt of energy for them. But I think C.J. Stroud is going to continue his surprising MVP campaign, and Houston's going to win this one. Yeah, Kyler Murray has really brought juice to this Cardinals team's explosive plays, and um... – it's just nice seeing how out there him out there doing his things. Uh, he wasn't perfect, but he played very good. He's playing in his home state of Texas. Um, last week, he really got the ball to Trey McBride. Uh, I think he had like 108 yards or something. It was actually the first 131, yeah. It was the first Cardinals tight end to hit the 100-yard mark since 1989, which is – that's a long time. Um, I'm looking for the Cardinals to get Hollywood Brown more involved this week. He obviously has the connection with Kyler Murray. They went to college together. They played together last year, but they, he really didn't get going last week. Uh, but for the Texans, C.J. Stroud, he's looked like an MVP candidate. D'Amico Ryan's looked like a coach of the year candidate. He's already locked up offensive rookie of the year. And he's been clutch, been able to win games late. And we saw this Texans team find their run game last week with Singletary getting 130 yards. I'm, they've just been playing great recently. Uh, they're not going to catch any teams by surprise at this point, but I don't think they'll have what happened with them against the Panthers where they lost to a team that they're better than so I got the Texans winning this game at home all right moving on here to the four o'clock slate then Bucks at 49ers this Bucks team is scrappy although they're not a very good team and they lose games that they shouldn't lose I don't think this is a game where they can't hang I think they have enough a good enough defense that has played well really really well at times this year their secondary is shaky. Their pass defense in general is shaky, but their run defense has been phenomenal. Their red zone defense has been phenomenal. I think overall that they have a game script where they can win this game or at least compete in this game. Uh, the problem is the 49ers are finally got it together. When Purdy has all of his weapons, we talked about it on the recap. When Purdy has all of his weapons, he is as good as he gets hyped up to be at times. And when he doesn't, he shows his true colors. He has all his weapons, and they just need to keep them healthy to go on this Super Bowl run and possibly win the whole thing. I think this game may be closer than people think, but I got the 49ers winning it. I got San Francisco as well. Uh, this is this is probably going to be a game going into the fourth quarter where San Francisco's up by three, maybe four scores, but because they might take out some starters, preserve health, Tampa Bay might bring it back within, I don't know, 14, 17 points. Uh, 
I think Mike Evans, he's going to be limited, especially with Baker Mayfield, how he struggles under pressure, uh, especially facing a front four that has Nick Bosa, Chase Young, and Javon Hargrave. That's just really scary for any quarterback to go against. Uh, Baker especially struggles under pressure. This game, it's going to be ugly for Tampa. Uh, San Francisco is going to win this one pretty handily, in my opinion. I agree. I think they win this one pretty handedly. Both teams got back on track. 49ers dominated the Jags last week, and the Bucks snapped their four-game skid and beat the Titans. Both of these teams are in divisional races right now. Um, Buccaneers are battling with the Seahawks, and the NFC South is up for anybody's grabs. Uh, it's a rivalry game between Nick Bosa and Baker Mayfield. They had their issues in college, so that'll be something to watch. I think Nick Bosa gets the better hand in this one. And This 49ers team is just so good when they're all healthy, and they, they're just hard to beat. So I got the 49ers winning this one, especially at home. All right, moving on here, talking about the Bills once again on this pod. Jets at Bills. The Jets have been up and down. They played some teams better than they should, like the Eagles. They played some teams where, like that Raiders game on Monday or on Sunday night, they could have won that game very easily, and they didn't. This Bills team, we talked about it on the front end of this pod. They're on a complete slide, and you have to figure it out what happened. They fire Ken Dorsey. Seems like the scapegoat, but we'll see where they go from here. The Bills don't have a bye week till week 13. Uh, I think they cannot wait for that to come. But you got two games here, the Jets, and I'm not sure who they play next week, but you got two games there that if you can get two wins there going into the bye, you feel better. Um, the AFC North, like we said uh, earlier uh, this season, the AFC North can get all four teams in if this Bills team collapses, and they are fully collapsing, and that's widening the window for teams like the Bengals and the Steelers to get in the playoffs. We'll see. We talked about it. The Bills have a tough schedule. They have to win games. This is one they absolutely have to win. I don't even think it's an exaggeration to say it's over if they lose this game. I don't think they do, though. I think they edge out the Jets in Buffalo. We've been saying it all year that the that the Bills have to take advantage of those easy-to-win games. They beat Miami by a landslide in Week 2. At, or was it? I don't know if it was Week 2, but earlier in the season. Uh, but they've lost a lot of games that they should have won last week against the Broncos, earlier against the Patriots, and even week one against these same New York Jets. I personally think that the Bills should win this game, and they will win this game, even though the Jets are going to come with a little bit of juice after the close loss last week on Sunday Night Football. But the Bills are going to come with a lot of fire. They, These are the games that they have to win, and they're upset that they haven't won more of them. They shouldn't have lost last week. They're the better team. But I do think they take advantage and win this week. Yes, and 100% this is a must-win game. You said uh, their schedule's bad. Their next three games after this Jets game are the Eagles, the Chiefs, and the Cowboys, three of the best teams in football right there. They absolutely must win this game. They've lost three of their last four. They're on a skid. Um, Trayvon Diggs tweeted out that Stephon Diggs needs to leave the team, which is very surprising. Um, They just have to not turn the ball over. They have to find a way to run the ball better. James Cook was all right last week, but... That's been some of their biggest problems these last couple of years was their inability to run the ball and Josh Allen having to be their leading rusher. For the Jets, their offense was just atrocious last week. Zach Wilson's pretty much struggled these last couple of weeks. He's been getting the ball to Garrett Wilson, but it hasn't really been helping. Uh, he hasn't been throwing as many interceptions, but he's still holding the ball too long, taking too many sacks. And they just have to find a way to be better for this defense that has played their tails off. So I got the the Bills beating the Jets. Um, we all did it week one and hopefully it doesn't come to hurt us again. But I think Josh Allen and this Bills team have too much talent to be this bad. If Diggs ends up becoming available this offseason, I selfishly think he would be a great fit for the Lions. I think that's a, a move that I know the Lions don't like to make flashy moves. I think that is a move they would consider making. I mean, uh, who would take number 14 then? It's a fair point, but it, it would be saying. <laughs> Even go to like four or something, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Regardless, moving on, Seahawks at Rams. Matt Stafford is back from his injury. We didn't get to see Carson Wentz, sadly. Maybe we still will later on in the season, but we haven't gotten to see him yet. I would love to see how he looks in a a different uniform. Maybe he bounces back and looks like his MVP self. But um, Matt Stafford is back. The Rams are at home this game. They definitely could win this game. But something I saw that was very interesting, the Seahawks are only favored by one point in this game, which I thought was kind of crazy considering the Seahawks are... I see that the Rams are favored by a point. They could have moved. I marked that down about a couple hours ago. So Right now it's looking like Rams minus one. Wow, that's even... That's interesting. That almost seems like a trap, but 
Regardless, I'd like the Seahawks in this game. The Seahawks are just one of those teams that doesn't always play pretty. Honestly, most of the time they don't play pretty, and they just end up winning games. They're sitting at 6-3 and three regardless, and they're tied with the Niners for first through 10 weeks, which is all you can ask for for the Seahawks in this division. They have to, speaking of the Niners, they have to keep pace with the Niners. They got a couple big matchups coming soon. I think they played two out of three weeks at some point here coming up. That's going to be huge for this division, and it just keeps becoming a bigger game if both these teams can keep pace. I think the Seahawks win this game and get revenge for week one. This is one of those games where either team really could win. You see it with the line. Uh, it's only one point in favor of whichever team you choose. Uh, Seattle, last week, they they took too long to get their offense going. They were they uh, walked away from their run game a little too early. It felt like whether it's K-9 or Charbonnet, they have to stick to that run game, and especially against the Rams defense, who can get after you if you leave Aaron Donald one-on-one too many times. You can definitely be um, be left to pay for it. But I do like the Rams in this game. Uh, I like that Stafford's coming back. I do think that despite the inverse records, I think the Rams just they, – they win this one by maybe seven points. I don't know why, but I like Puka, Cup, and the rest of that arsenal of weapons that Stafford has to throw to, and I think the Rams win. Uh, the Rams, they got healthy this week with the bye. They'll get Matt Stafford back, hopefully. Rob Havenstein couple linebackers um they finally get to get back to matt stafford throwing to puka and uh cooper cup they're really going to need that their offense is going to have to score and for the seahawks i really i think this if they want to win the division is a must-win game they have the rams this week and then their next four are the 49ers cowboys 49ers eagles again that's four of the best teams in football you might be lucky to get away with two wins at that point so you really want to win this game um I don't think they. I I think they do win this game. I think they beat the Rams. Uh, it's in LA. We always say it's tough for the LA team to be the home game. The Seahawks have great fans. West Coast. I think the Seahawks edge them out here. All right, moving on here then to Sunday night football. Vikings at Broncos. The Vikings no longer have Kirk to call primetime Kirk. So we don't have to take that into consideration for the first time in a long time with the Vikings here. The Broncos, on the other hand, we talked about in the front end again. They are all of a sudden becoming a decent team, up to four and five now, and a chance at home to beat this Vikings team in primetime and move up to five and five, which would make them a pretty decent team and not and give them really an outside shot at making the playoffs. I mean, they win this week and the Bills lose, and all of a sudden they have a better record than the Bills. Uh, but they're already a half game behind the Bills as we currently sit here. Um, Dobbs has been playing really well, but as we've seen with Josh Dobbs, even with the Cardinals this year, much less talented team and hard to compare the two, but he starts off early. Everyone gets super high on him. He gets hot. And then all of a sudden he starts to dwindle off and it's like, oh, you keep, you keep losing games. You keep coming up short. I expect that to eventually happen here with the Vikings, even when they get Justin Jefferson back. I think we're kind of seeing a little bit of a lightning in the bottle situation with the Vikings and Overall, I think that it's worked out for us that this game ended up being kind of decent with the Broncos getting better and the Vikings winning five straight. The Vikings have to eventually lose a game. They're on a five-game win streak. And as much as you can blame Kirk for all these primetime losses, it is still a full team effort, and they're losing games as a team in primetime. I think maybe that sticks with them, and I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos to move up to 500 here. Uh, I'm actually going with Minnesota. Uh, It's really just a coin flip for me. I almost did it to pick this one, but I decided to stick with Minnesota, my initial gut uh, pick. Justin Jefferson, he's most likely going to return this week. I think that will free up TJ Hawkinson in the middle as he has been absolutely dominating since he left. Uh, Josh Dobbs has been phenomenal in his one-and-a-quarter games of relief for Kirk Cousins as a Vikings quarterback. Although this Denver defense has definitely improved since the 70-point outing against uh, Miami and allowing – four touchdowns to Boston Fields, a.k.a. a running back, as some may want to say it. But they, they definitely improved. They played well against Buffalo last week and then uh, Kansas City the week before and called how you want. Uh, they held Green Bay in check. So I, I like Minnesota in this game. I do think Denver makes it really interesting. This is going to be an underrated primetime game. Uh, like you said, Josh, no primetime Kirk, but I do think Justin Jefferson has a very large impact on this game, and Minnesota just puts, puts up a lot of points. Did you say Boston Fields? Are you officially calling Justin Fields a bust? No, nah, I was just saying it like ironically. <laughs> oh, I thought we were getting that <laughs> commitment there. Um, 
I think the Vikings win this one. Josh Dobbs in prime time. It's going to be fun to watch. They love finding ways to win games. O'Connell is great at finding ways to win games. They're only a game and a half behind the Lions. Uh, this is a game they're definitely going to want. Their defense has looked very good considering some of the guys they have out there. Who knows if Brian Flores wants to be a head coach again. I would assume he does, but he's definitely going to get a lot of offers for interviews in this offseason. Uh, Broncos run defense has been bad. So if the Vikings want to win this game and if they want to find a way to get the run game right, that has been struggling. This is a great chance for that. I would expect it to go back to Ty Chandler again, who's starting to out carry Alexander Madison. So that's something to watch. And you touched on the Justin Jefferson coming back. And I do think that will free up Hawkinson, who's already been very good on with Josh Dobbs, 203 yards and a touchdown in the two games. I guess they trained together in the offseason already, both being from Tennessee. So they already have a connection. Um, but the Broncos, they're coming off two huge wins against two of teams that are supposed to be the best teams in the AFC. And they are starting to kind of work their way back into the playoff fund. I don't think they'll make it into the playoffs, but they're working their way back into it. But I got the Vikings winning this one. Uh, just I like them in this one. They uh, are going against a defense that allows the most points per game and t- yards per game. So I think Josh Dobbs has a chance to have another great week. Okay, now that was a great primetime game starting to be, all right, let me slow my roll a little bit. It's becoming a great primetime game over time. But for a real great primetime game, Monday Night Football, Eagles at Chiefs, Super Bowl rematch, this game is going to be electric, and I'm very, very excited for it. As Kelsey we all Bowl are. rematch, I believe you. I was going to just <laughs> not mention that, but <laughs> I, guess, I guess we will. Um, both teams currently hold number one seeds and the best two records in football, although Kansas City is tied with the Lions for a second. Um, both teams are coming off of buys, which is huge. Two coaches. Uh, I'm not sure how Sirianni has been off of a buy, but giving Andy Reid time off of a buy is huge uh, because they were just in Germany. Uh, there, It's going to be interesting here because the Chiefs have had some recent offensive struggles overall, and the Eagles secondary has had some recent struggles and they've been dealing with some injuries. They might be down Bradbury or Slay. We don't really know yet. The injury report is not out yet on Tuesday, considering we saw six days before this game, but regardless, I think we're getting a really good matchup here. I think it's just going to come down to do the chiefs and their offense get it going. Cause they've been slow outside of a couple spurts. Like we saw early in the first half against the dolphins. And we've seen other moments during the season. Do we see the chiefs offense get back on track or does the Eagles secondary get back on track? For some reason, I I really, really want to pick the Chiefs, but I just feel like the – I'm going with the Eagles. I'm going with the Eagles. I think yeah, I think you have more to play for if you're the Eagles coming off of that loss in the Super Bowl. Uh, I just think you got to go out there with a chip on your shoulder. You know Sirianni's going to be pissed and hyping up the boys in the locker room. I like the Eagles to win this game. I think they currently are the best team in football, but it's very close. This is definitely another coin flip game for me. Uh, my initial gut said Philly. And I I think I have to stick with it. I like that their offense has been a lot more consistent than Kansas City. Although Kansas City will have that sour taste left in their mouth prior to the bye week, losing to Denver, a division rival, and then having that just marinate over the bye week. And Andy Reid is phenomenal after the bye week majority of the time. And having Patrick Mahomes on your team, that's always a plus. But I do like Philly's roster a little bit better. I know that uh, Kansas City's defense has been really solid this year, but they are also the youngest team, the youngest defense in the league. I think Philly's going to take advantage of that. I think they're going to run them into the ground, kind of limit Chris Jones's impact by steering away from him on uh, key first and second down plays to shorten the the down and distance in third down situations, not letting him go against Lane Johnson or even their left tackle at times. Uh, I like Philly in this one. I think they're just a better team. Yeah, this game I saw this has a possibility of breaking the Monday Night Football viewing record. Um, Super Bowl rematch, obviously. Kelsey brothers are going at it. And the whole Taylor Swift saga. This game possibly could be the highest viewed game. And the Chiefs probably hope Swift is there. She might be there considering the game is on a Monday. And they really need her there considering Kelsey averages 108 yards per game with her in attendance and only 41 with her without. Chiefs are 3-0 and when she's there. So sometimes there's a I don't think I saw Mahomes has a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, oh my elaborate. god, what's the word? <laughs> Light. Oh my goodness. It starts with a C. You gotta give us, you gotta give us more context. <laughs> I can't believe I can't think of this word. 
use the you, 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 say what you're trying to like say. Like when you keep doing something because it's working and you're winning. Consistency? No. Oh my god. It's such a common <laughs> word. Keep doing something because you're winning. I don't know. You got me. You got me stuck Yeah, I'm kind of lost. Oh. Regardless. Don't <laughs> okay, think regardless. of it in five minutes. Mahomes wears the same pair of underwear since the, his first game, I guess. Superstition? Superstition. That's the That's one. That's not it a C. <laughs> it, does not, it does not begin with the C. No. Superstitious. If you're superstitious uh, as a Chiefs fan, you want her there. This Chiefs defense has been great all year. They're giving up the second fewest points per game and the fourth fewest passing yards per game. Um, so... For the Eagles, they maybe they won't be able to pass the ball, but luckily for them, they're one of the best running teams in football. They can just run the ball down your throat. They have plays where if there's one yard, they can just get it every single time. It'll be very interesting to see how the Chiefs can stop A.J. Brown, who's been on an absolute tear recently. There's really no way to stop him, but I want to pick the Eagles considering it's a revenge game, Super Bowl revenge, but it's it's always an Andy Reid revenge game when he's playing the Eagles. He is 21-3. and three. You guys touched on it coming off of a bye. That's a very good number, and Mahomes has won nine straight games coming off of a loss. So I just think the Chiefs win this game. I think they'll have the refs on their side, just like they did in the Super Bowl. So I got the Chiefs winning the rematch. All right, so a couple more things on our agenda as we finish up this pod here. We're going to give some betting picks on the NFL, and then we do not have the college football rankings yet, but we're not going to get that for about 45 minutes to an hour, and it's probably not going to change from last week. So we're going to finish up with some college football after that. But to second to last thing here, betting picks for the week. I can start us off. couple things I like. I'm going to ride with my boys as I continue to do on here. Detroit Lions, minus 10. I actually – hold on. I want to I wanna pull my phone out here really quickly because I got it when it opened, and I don't remember what the price was at, but it was low. Go on. Bear with me. Oh, never mind. It wasn't that low. It was nine and a half, but it's 10 now. Um, So I like the Lions winning this game by double digits. So I like that, of course. And then the Dallas Cowboys minus 10 and a half. I said earlier on here, I mean, we all said it. This is kind of seems like a weird line. Watch the Panthers come in there and cover now, but I'm going to take the Cowboys minus 10 and a half, the Lions minus 10. I mean, I definitely wanted that Dallas minus 10 and a half. The only thing that would keep me from taking that would be depending on, uh, if Burns or J.C. Horn ended up playing, I know that they were designated to return from IR or they opened up that 21-day window for J.C. Horn. And Burns, he was only not playing last Thursday because of that concussion. So that could have a slight impact on literally only the betting aspect of it, but I do think Dallas wins that game regardless. But my two betting picks, I'll take Minnesota plus two, uh, and then I got Philly plus three. I picked Philly to win, so I think it'd be pretty stupid to not take Philly on their points. Uh, it'll be a really good game Monday night and Sunday night, so that's definitely something to watch for for me during those primetime games. Um, I either hit both of my picks or I don't hit one of them. So if you're going to take one, take both. I got the Bengals money line. Uh, right now they're dogs. They're plus 155 dogs. So I just I think they win the game outright, so I got the Bengals. And I picked the Dolphins to win, but I think 12 points against the Raiders, who are just playing very good football recently. They have the vibes. I think 12 is just too many points, so. I got the Raiders plus 12, but I think the Dolphins still win it. Yeah, we got a lot of similar picks here. When I was going between some of the picks that I liked, I did. I definitely liked the Eagles, like you said, Zach. And I liked, uh, what were your two picks, Mike? Raiders plus 12. Raider, Raiders plus 12. I liked that one as well. But all right, we can move on now. You want to finish this up with a little bit of college football? Before we start, I just want to make it known. I went 2-0 for the first time this season last week with my picks. I don't remember who I picked on points, but I do know that I got the Josh Allen anytime touchdown score within my prediction. I, I took so, it, too. I took it, too. I, Hell, yeah. Okay. So, uh, college football. Uh, a couple quick ones really quick here. Texas Tech upsets number 16, Kansas. They've been playing good football recently. Uh, but sadly, their quarterback, Jason Bean, their second string, who had been playing very good, got hurt. I think it was a hamstring early in the game. They were forced to go to their third-string quarterback, and they just couldn't get anything going on offense. Texas Tech really just controlled the time of possession and the ball. They ran with Taj Brooks 33 times, and they were able to upset Kansas. So Big 12 keeps eating each other alive at this point. 
Second one was just really, really shocking to me. UCF just absolutely dominated Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's coming off of the big win against Oklahoma in the final bedlam. They had they played incredible football. They went into UCF and got absolutely ran over by uh, I think they're now five and five UCF team. Uh, I mean, I was watching this game and I just could not believe what I was witnessing. UCF won forty five to three. Just really disappointing if you're an Oklahoma State fan. And, couple of those, um, a couple of those teams that have been uh, started off good and have completely fallen off. You look at Oregon State as well. You look at Washington mm-hmm. State as well. Some of these teams in these major conferences that looked like good wins for Texas and good wins for Washington and Oregon, not really looking like that much more. Yeah, definitely. Um, Florida LSU, this was an electric game, especially from Jane Daniels, who had a potential maybe Heisman moment just in this game. 372 passing yards and 234 rushing yards, five total touchdowns. LSU had 701 total yards of offense, put up 52 points. was a really fun game to watch. Um, good win for LSU. Florida, Trevor Etienne had a great game, three touchdowns, but LSU just took over. Yep, LSU chugging along. Um, having a hard time showing interest in a lot of these teams that had a chance and then lost a game where they were now they have no chance in the college football playoff. It will be more fun next year, though, when these teams like LSU that are right on the outside and these teams like Ole Miss, who I'm sure you'll touch on here in a second, losing to Georgia. Those teams, two losses, three losses, doesn't look as bad anymore next year. It's not next year yet, though. And this should end up being a pretty interesting uh, college football playoff coming down the stretch here when we start seeing these big, big games the next few weeks. Yeah, we'll go into that Ole Miss-Georgia game. Uh, just a real statement win for Georgia. It was very good to see that from them. Carson Beck played incredible, 306 yards and two touchdowns, one interception. But Georgia was really able to run the ball well. They had 300 total yards of rushing. And for Ole Miss, Jackson Dart, he'd been playing great all year and just couldn't get it going against this elite Georgia Bulldog defense. 10 for 17, 112 yards and a pick. It's disappointing for Ole Miss, but they've played great football this year, and Georgia's just – they've showed that they're that good. They got Tennessee next week. They've already clinched uh, the SEC, and they're going to play Bama in that championship. So just got to win these games just to be safe. Yep, huge win for Georgia. Played a really skeptical schedule so far. They finally get a good team here against Ole Miss. Like I just mentioned, they go out there and they beat the brakes off Ole Miss. Huge, huge win for Georgia, but really, I mean, it all comes down to Georgia-Bama. Yeah, and uh, next game, this if this was next year, this game would have been huge for college football playoff implications. Number 13, Tennessee versus number 14, Missouri. This game was surprisingly not close at all. Missouri absolutely dominated Tennessee. Cody Schrader, who was a walk-on running back, 205 yards, a touchdown, caught five passes for 116 yards. He played great. Brady Cook played incredible, 275 yards, two touchdowns. Tennessee just had no answers for them. Joe Milton played all right, could have been better, finished with 267 yards and a touchdown. But Tennessee, the story this year had been the run game, and they were unable to get that going. 83 yards and 23 carries. A lot of quick punts that put their defense on the field for way too long. And just really hard to do that. Uh, Missouri ran 42 plays for 300 yards in just the first half, and Tennessee ran only 23 for 200. So just disappointing loss for Tennessee. Um, kind of just a down year after the great year you had last year. Yeah, they have a, I mean, Joe Milton's pretty solid. I mean, they have a, a I forget his name. Who is their, uh, their freshman quarterback right now in waiting? Uh, Luma Leda, something like I, that. I think that's his name. He's apparently supposed to be this freak stud mm-hmm. for them. We'll see how that works. Overall, this Tennessee team, I never really thought was that good. Um, you look at their three losses. They got Florida, a Florida team that's not very good. That was a horrible loss for them. Bama, a game that they played really well in for the first quarter and then looked horrible for the next three. And then you got this Mizzou game where they get completely blown out. I don't this, think this team is that good, to be honest. If they if we this was the year with the 12-team playoff and they snuck in, I don't think they would get past the first round. Yes, I, I agree with that 100%, honestly. Um, next game here. Big, big 10 game, number three, Michigan versus number Penn State. A lot of drama going into this game around Jim Harbaugh's three-game suspension, which could be considered as generous, uh, his second suspension of the season. Michigan really didn't think that it was cheating was worth a suspension at all. They thought they were innocent. They turned themselves into the victims, which was just surprising. But 
they come in here and they get a big win against Penn State in their first really big test against a very good team. And they just absolutely shut down Penn State. Penn State could not do anything on offense. Drew Aller looked terrible, which is just a big credit to this Michigan defense. Um, it's a very good defense. I feel like their offense was disappointing. Um, I don't know if they were just trying to be conservative with Jim Harbaugh, but only seven for eight for J.J. McCarthy for 60 yards. Maybe they just felt like all they had to do was run the ball. They so didn't that's pass what they the ball did. in the second half, right? Yeah. I don't think they passed the ball once. I mean, that's is, when you can do that and physically dominate a team like that, all credit to Michigan. Can't wait for this yeah. game with Ohio State. Yeah, that Ohio State game is going to be very good. Ohio State absolutely dominated Michigan State like they always do. Um, but for James Franklin, he can get 10 wins, but he's allergic to winning a big one. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. Um, quick one here, Miami at Florida State, a big rivalry game. Miami escaped with a 27 – or Florida State – Escaped with a 27 to 20 win. Emory Williams, Emory Williams, Miami's quarterback, sadly suffered a very, very bad uh, compound fracture injury in his arm. So just hoping he can recover from that. Um, Tyler Van Dyke came in and was unable to get him in this game. Kind of disappointing for Florida State. You'd want to win this by more, but a win is a win. Yeah, Florida State, barring a, a committee getting real cute with it and chaos happening. Florida State, if they win out, they're in. Uh, at the end of the day, you just got to win football games. Miami, on the other hand, injuries obviously suck, but they have kind of completely fallen off since that Georgia Tech game where they had that blunder at the end. Uh, sucks to see, but it looks like we're going to see Jordan Travis at Florida State in the college football playoff. Yep. Um, one of the last games here, Utah at Washington. Two ranked teams. Michael Penix played great, but still didn't really have like a Heisman moment. Three total touchdowns, 332 yards passing. Dylan Johnson ran the ball very well, 104 yards and a touchdown. Um, Romo Dunes had three catches for 111 yards and two touchdowns. This year's wide receiver class going into the draft is just absolutely stacked. And Utah played great in the first half, couldn't get it going in the second half, and weren't able to pull up the upset win. Washington has clinched uh, a chance in the Pac-12 championship, so it's looking like it's going to be Washington and Oregon. Yeah, Utah's a good team. They played super well in the first half, like you said. They are 28-24, I believe, going into the second half, but then get completely shut out in the second half. Good win for Washington. Could have let this one slip away and did not. Yeah, and they had the bad fumble on the one-yard line. Led to a just really bad play. Um, luckily, they got a safety out of it and were able to win. Last game here, USC at Oregon. I mean, really, not much to say. USC continues to just lose games. Uh, they lost four of the last five. Disappointing. And for Oregon, just Bo Nix has continued to play incredible, and they are just a team you do not want to see. Yeah, I don't know much about this game overall. Uh, Shout-out to USC for competing, I guess. They covered the spread. We thought that Oregon was going to easily cover. They didn't. Uh, just cannot wait for that Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, that game's going to be fun, and that's really all I got for college football. All right, so that'll do it for Episode 25 of the Engage 8 podcast. Uh, Until next time, don't forget to hit subscribe, follow us in the description. You can go to our Spotify if you want an audio-only version, and we will see everybody in the next one.